0: Hello out there in podcast land, this is Patrick Bennett coming to you from the swamplands of Southwest Louisiana and welcome back to another totally awesome episode of the pop ninja podcast and joining me over zoom from our evil lair in Pennsylvania is my lovely co host Miss Lisa Everett's hey Lisa.
1: Hello Patrick. to the pop ninja podcast where we reminisce about the pop culture of the 70s 80s and beyond from bell-bottom jeans to parachute pants from panama jack shirts to members only jackets from smurfs and scooby-doo to thundar the barbarian if you had a rubik's cube or a swatch watch was crazy about max headroom or ever wondered who shot jr then this podcast is where you will feel right at home now, jump in the DeLorean time machine and join your hosts, Lisa and Patrick, as they take you on a pop culture adventure through the greatest decades of all time.
0: In this episode, we're going to be talking about cops, um, all kinds of detectives, anything to do with law enforcement. So, uh, Lisa, I thought we would start it off. Uh, I told you to make a list of some of your favorite uh, cop detective shows. And yeah. uh, let's just start off. We're just going to each go back and forth and name one that we liked and just maybe tell who's in it. Just just real real quick on each one. So okay. I'll let you start it off.
1: Okay. Well, you know what? I, I was thinking of something really cool, like when we were doing this, because I don't know what got into my head, but I thought maybe we could even like do this in like um, – some of our regular shows where you pick a best scene from that movie like that's your favorite scene in the movie and talk about that. What do you think of that?
0: All right, let's name your show okay
1: okay well okay my first my first movie is um, Serpico from 1973. It's a true story about Frank Serpico and it stars Al Pacino um, and it's 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 he's a police officer to take bribes from all and all the other cops are taking bribes and 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 in the movie they end up trying to kill him you know for just for being honest um it was uh, a critical uh and commercial success and i love that movie i even wrote frank serpico um 1973 okay sorry all right yeah so i mean when we when i was when i was talking thinking about and i was making my list you know, I was thinking about like the best scene, like, like I was, I don't know why I I think I, one of my, uh, my movies, there's a scene in it that I really like. And I was thinking, you know, out of the whole movie, I love this one scene. So then I was thinking of each movie, how, when you think of that movie, you think of like, your like, maybe, maybe it is your favorite movie because of that particular scene. And maybe that's what it makes it stand out to you. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So Anyway, um, I, I since I just bringing this on yet, yeah, we won't do that. I won't put you on the spot on coming up with a scene. But I thought that that was kind of a cool idea to like uh, maybe do about like when we talk about a movie, you know, pick our favorite scene from the movie. In the future. Okay. 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 What's your What's your What's your first one? Okay. I don't even know. You didn't tell well,
0: me. these yeah. These aren't like in order. as the which ones I like the best. I just Right. made a list but uh well for this one i kind of combined a bunch of movies into one because it, it's the dirty Harry movies oh and i, I like them all there's really I not like, them too. like a favorite one I, I liked every one of them i thought they were all great so i'm just going to say the dirty Harry movies and it, the first one was in 71 the last one was in 88 they all starred clint eastwood who, you know, everybody should know he plays Dirty Harry Callahan and he's a police detective in San Francisco and he does not play by the rules. Believe me. Yeah, I love
1: them. I love the Dirty Harry movies. I didn't even think of those. I, I, I'm glad you mentioned those because yeah. when I was thinking of movies, that wasn't even a, like, I, I don't know why. I, I I think we've even talked about them before.
0: Yeah, I think there are five like, of them from the same. I know I
1: talked about Sudden Impact because yeah. that's like my favorite. You Know and then the and then the original Dirty Harry, I think, is my second, so yeah. So, okay, so like my second uh one, and it's just um another Al Pacino movie. Um, I, I don't know if like oh, wow. she, like always does, yeah, uh, pop movies, or he's you know, yeah. he's always you know, that's his thing. But this movie is the 1989 movie Sea of Love. And it's like a it's like a thriller. Like he's a he's a cop in it, and his name's Frank Keller. So like he was Frank Serpico, and then he's Frank Keller. I kind of think he likes being a Frank. Quite frankly, I think he likes being <laughs> Frank. <laughs> you know. So uh, yeah, and it co-stars Ellen Barkin. Um, I don't know if you've seen it, but I love this movie. I don't yeah, know why. If I talked about it on, oh, I mean, I don't know if I've talked about it as my movie like on. I don't one think of our so. Regular. I've never talked about it because I, I I don't know why I haven't. It's for some reason, I always think it's like a 90s movie, but I think it's because it came out like in, in 89 and maybe maybe it was like, I didn't see it until the 90s, but it is an 80s movie. So it's 1989. And um, if I was going to pick a best scene out of it, it would be the grocery store scene when in the fruit market. <laughs> you know, so I don't know impressed. if you saw it. Yeah, he's doing something. Um, yeah, but it I think that it has one of the best endings like, a surprise ending in it, like, on who, like, it's a serial killer uh, thriller, you know, and I just think, and it's also kind of a, I don't know, like, a there's a love story in there somewhere, you know, I guess, you know, but it's kind of gritty, but I, I like it, I really like it a lot, you know, um, and it, it it doesn't, it doesn't actually feel like an 80s movie to me, you know, just even the look of it and stuff, I don't know why, it's kind of dark, and, but, um, have you seen it? Yep. Yeah. You like it?
0: Yeah, it's pretty good. Okay. Yeah, I love it. So okay. What what's your next one? All right, I've got from 1986 Cobra with Sylvester Stallone. Oh, I love Cobra. Nielsen. Yeah. Yeah, I think weren't they married at this time? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Anybody they either feel? met.
0: Okay. They either
1: met making it or they were already together. Okay. They might have met, she was in the Rocky, Rocky.
0: Or picture show three or four yeah <laughs> yeah she was in the one with dolph lundgren that was four yeah that was
1: yeah, her, yeah
0: she played his wife right
1: so they were together uh um, yeah. they yeah, were together one, in life real long though like maybe a couple years yeah.
0: yeah but in this one uh stallone is a cop and uh he has to protect her because she's a witness who saw this uh cult leader murder someone and and so uh stallone and and her they they've got a they're on the run because some of the cops are on the take from this cult. So he, he can't trust anybody. So they're on the run until he can get her to trial. So it's a yeah. big shoot 'em up action movie.
1: I love Cobra. I love his car. I love some of the music in Cobra. Um, I just like some of the scenery in it, you yeah. know. Um, what, was what was his name? What was his name?
0: What was his name in there?
1: Marion. Marion Colbrity.
0: Yep, there you go. Cool. I knew that. Awesome. And he
1: said it could have been named Carol. He, yeah. got, he wanted a really masculine he says that he said he wanted like a, a masculine name like carol or something like that i remember that 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 uh line in the movie yeah but i yeah i like him in this movie he looks really good in this movie and um that's a good that's a good one yeah i like it yeah okay just say oh and that guy that is the the like the lead of that cult he is one mm-hmm. of the creepiest people to mm-hmm. me and he's like just. You pig, you know. I remember, he talks like right. that. but am to kill you, pig. You know, like he has like a, a a pantyhose over his head, you know, or something. And he goes around like with a hatchet, you know. Doesn't he have like a big hatchet? Like he comes after people with.
2: Yeah.
1: You know. Yeah. He's just like creepy. Yeah. So and they do that whole thing with the clicking the things together, that that banging them together like they're right. like. Oh, and yeah, the, um, I think. It, I think the girl that is what the one co- the, she's the bad she's in that cult co- co- cult but she's a cop too right and she tips them off she's in um she's a cop in some other stuff too I've seen her in different things that that actress that, that's in Cobra do you know who I'm talking about I don't know her she name she was in
0: transfers 32
1: oh she was in some no, other stuff too just what is that i don't even know what that is okay
0: we just talked about Uh, transfers oh (laughs)
1: transfers okay yeah okay yeah like okay uh okay yeah was she in it or did you just make
0: that up? no there was no transfers 32 oh
1: okay (laughs) okay um yeah no she was on like she was in something else where she played a cop too um yeah like and she's always like a bad person yeah um yeah but i love cobra so so my next movie is 48 hours oh I'm yeah 82.
0: yeah i didn't um, think about that one you didn't nope that's a good nick one
1: nolte and yep. eddie murphy
0: cool one.
1: nick nolte plays jack cates as a cop and eddie murphy is reggie hammond and he plays convict and so they have to kind of look like hook up to 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 fight a to solve a, whatever they have to do yeah and i always um i always like think it's like kind of i don't know if it's I I, want, I don't want to say underrated because it was a pretty big hit. Like it it made it was like made for like uh 12 million and it it grossed like 78 million. So that's a pretty you know big movie. And, and they made a sequel to it. And so um uh they I know they've made another 48 hours. I don't think there was ever a third one, right? I don't think so. Not but, sure. Um yeah, I think there's just a two, but um I like Anetta Tools in it and she plays Nick Nolte's girlfriend. Um I, I like my favorite scene in that is like at the end with Nick Nolte, like when he comes out of like the fog and and uh has got his gun on uh, the bad guy who's got a hold of um, Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Have you seen it? Yeah. Yeah. I show. think it's pretty I think it's really good. You know, it's like a really good action movie. And, you know, I, I just don't think like, you know, I don't ever see it like on TV, like playing. Like, I mean, it's like one of those movies I have on, like, a v- VHS tape and stuff and a, a DVD, but I don't ever ever see it on TV, you know? So, um, but I like it. I thought it was, I always liked it. I thought it's a good movie. Yep. Yeah.
0: Okay. What's your, what's your next one? All right. My next one's from 89, but it was made in the 80s, but then it got tied up in court over copyright and stuff. So it didn't actually... Get released until the 90s, but it is an 80s movie. It was filmed everything in the 80s. huh And this was The Punisher, starring Dolph Lundgren. Okay, I never saw it. And yep. Lewis Gossett Jr. Mm-hmm. Never saw Anyway, it. uh Lundgren. Well, you you know the Punisher is, right? They made several movies. Yeah,
1: yeah the the TV show now. The, the comic yeah.
0: book uh Vigilante, yeah. Yeah, Whoa. this is a
1: guy that's in it is in a in a cop show right now that uh, Jordan wanted me to watch called We Own the City. No, Have you seen that? It's no. a cop show. It's on like Netflix. It has that guy that's the punisher. I don't know his name. It's the actor. Yeah. You probably do, but um, yeah, but there's a cop show out. And it's about it's I think it's a true story about Baltimore uh police um and like the corruption in the police. And so I, we started watching it, but it was kind of gritty and I was like, yeah, I don't know. I'll,
0: you know, I might pass on that one, but, but it's a new cop show. So, cool. yeah. Yeah. Well, the Punisher, uh, Dolph Lundgren, he plays a cop and, uh, he's murdered by the mob. So, uh, or, or so the mob thinks, you know, he, he's really alive, but he goes underground and becomes a deadly vigilante known as the Punisher. And he takes down the mobsters one at a time. And, uh, Louis Gossett was his cop partner and Louis Gossett is trying to, Stop the Punisher and stop the Mafia. So there's like, like a mob war going on. I thought it was a very good movie. Um, they changed it up from the comics a lot because in the comics, Frank Castle was a Marine who came home. He, you know, he was a soldier. Well, this this version, he's a cop. So and he's got a partner, Lewis Gossett. So I thought it was pretty good. If you haven't seen mm-hmm. it, give, give it a uh, give it a chance. You might like it.
1: OK, OK, cool. Yeah, okay. Um, my this is my we are only supposed to do four, right?
0: We're doing Five. Four. I said five. Oh, I
1: only did four. Well, then. <laughs> okay. Then you have to do two. You know, all right. Or I'll have to think up another one real quick. Yeah. Um. Okay. My well, my fourth one is, Running Scared from 1986.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I vaguely remember that. I remember seeing. Really? it. Oh my gosh! There's like a
1: scene in that movie that I, I. I, do, I goof around with the scene. You probably you probably wouldn't find it funny, but I find it hysterical. But it's uh, with Billy Crystal, and Gregory Hines is in it, and uh, Jimmy Smith is in it too. Um, and there's uh, there are a couple of Chicago cops. You might like this movie. This is the movie that it, um This is where I was thinking of the scene in this movie. Um, it has the the um, the song "Sweet Freedom" by Michael McDonald is like from uh from that movie. It was a big hit when it came out. And every time I hear that song, I think of this movie, you know, but um, there's, there's a scene in the movie where um, they're in this big build, like, I don't know if it's like a a part of like offices or what kind of building it is. But um, there's these two elevators that are like side by side. And um, they have to jump from one elevator to the other. And every time I see that scene, it gives me the creeps, you know, so I was thinking of that, because that to me, it's like the best scene in the whole movie. And I, I can't. I, I'm like I get nervous every time I watch it, even though I know what's going to happen. It's like I still it makes me nervous. So um, if you've never
0: seen Running Scared, you should you should watch it. I think yeah. you'd like it. Yeah, I've, I've seen it. I just don't remember. It's been a long time ago.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of it seems kind of long. There's a lot going on in it and stuff. But yeah, um, yeah. but um, yeah, it's it's kind of funny too. They're funny. Like they're 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 a good combo. So. That's my fourth. I'll think of one. While you're talking about your next one, I, I might come up with a,
0: another one. So somehow, magically. All yeah. right. Well, I want to talk yeah. about the greatest cop movie ever made. Yeah. In 1987. Okay. Story? Peter Weller. Oh,
1: RoboCop. RoboCop. Oh, then, dang, I'm going to put in Lethal Weapon because I didn't even think of Lethal Weapon.
0: I'll take yeah. that. and it starred Peter Weller and Nancy Allen. And
1: oh, I've Weller's
0: uh you never seen RoboCop? No. What? They had—they had, had two sequels. They did a remake. They had an animated series. They had comic books, video games. I mean, this is a huge uh, franchise. Yeah. But anyway, well, uh, Peter Weller. I mean, I- Yeah, plays a Detroit cop that he's killed. He's killing the line of duty, and uh, they take his body and use it in an experiment to make him half cyborg, half human, all cop. See that? Okay. Yeah. All cop. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 Very cool movie.
1: Okay. Well, what? When did you say what year it was?
0: What Robocop?
1: Yeah. What year?
0: Robocop came out in 87.
1: That's what you said. That's what I thought. That's why when you said the best cop cop movie of 87, that's why I just said Lethal Weapon. And I thought that was going to be the, the um, one that you did. So then Lethal I Weapon. I didn't say the top top best weapon. cop
0: movie of 87. I said the best cop movie of all time. Of all time. I know. But when you said
1: it, it came out in 87, I thought it has to be Lethal Weapon because Lethal Weapon is awesome cop movie and i can't believe that i didn't think about it when i was thinking about these. but now i'm thinking i should have started with that one is like my number one because i love lethal weapon i love it talk about it talk about it okay it's uh from 1987 and it has mel gibson and danny glover in it and that's what i the original lethal weapon is like one of my favorite movies i just love how the story starts like with mel gibson And like, he loses his wife and he's kind of on the edge and he's kind of suicidal and nobody's sure about him. And then Danny Glover, who's going to like retire soon, he, he, um, he, you know, he gets him as his new partner to try and break him in. And it's like, um, he's just like, he's too old for this stuff. You know, it's like, he, it's like Mel Gibson is just like kind of a, all over the place and does all these crazy things, you know, and people are talking about him and saying he's a, you know, um. You know, he, he, he's actually the lethal weapon. That's why it's called lethal weapon because they said he, they say there's a scene in it where you know Danny Glover says we ought to register you as a lethal weapon. Yeah. You know because he knows like uh, jujitsu or some kind of stuff. You know and it does all this stuff and so Mel Gibson's the you know the lethal weapon. He it's him. You know so um, I love it. You know and then um, the second one you know you know Joe, Joe Pesci comes along in it but the first one is like um it's just i think it's a great and it's it's set at christmas time so i always watch it at christmas um the beginning scene in that movie like with the girl on the balcony that just takes the she takes the plunge off the balcony and the music and all that i just think it's just a really good movie you know so i can't believe i didn't yeah you do like it
0: right oh yeah i love that movie
1: yeah yeah all right okay
0: well the next one i want to talk about it's yep. from 1982, and this is one that you love also, because I've heard you say it more than once. Silent Rage with Chuck Norris. Oh, yeah. I love
1: Silent Rage.
0: I know. I just what told you, you that. <laughs>
1: that. I should have picked Silent Rage and Ten to Midnight. Man, those yeah. are both like good cop movies. So Chuck I didn't Norris. I was such a, a cop <laughs> lover, yeah. like movie lover, you know.
0: But We're Chuck like Chuck is a small town sheriff battling a serial killer who can't die. He's, he's like a what was it a medical experiment or something and yeah
1: i didn't know that you like this movie that oh was. yeah i didn't. love that movie. you love it i love yeah. it too i love this movie yeah. i can watch this movie over and over and over i, I love it it's like when i totally remember like from the 80s like like of my own life of the 80s like you know there's movies that like you remember because they were like always everybody talked about them but there's movies like this one this one like 10 to midnight like uh, you know, Silent Rage uh, and like Silent Scream and He Knows You're Alone, those ones, I, I don't know a lot of people that know them, you know what I mean? Like when I mention these movies, like I don't, people don't seem to know them, but I, they're like, oh my god, that's like one of my favorite movies, I love it, you know, it's like in um, Silent Rage, that guy gave me the creeps because it was like, yeah. that whole scene, I, I like um, Ron Silver, he plays his, uh, uh, his, his uh, psychologist in it, and then there's a scene in it where um he comes after him you know and his wife in their house right and it's like and it's just creepy because he's there in the house and the wife um goes out to get them a pizza and like she just comes back and like he's already killed you know ron silver and then she's like walks in and sees it and she goes she hides up in the attic and that just gives me the creeps because it feels like something that could happen you know what i mean It's like, and what would you do in a situation like that? And it it always just gives me the creeps because, you know, there's people like that out there, you know. And then like, oh, and then that doesn't seem like totally far fetched either. Like that they could come up with a, like some guy they get they inject him with this stuff and he just heals like really fast, you know. Like, like they shoot him and then all of his wounds heal, you know.
0: Yeah, kind of Wolverine.
1: Yeah, and then that end scene where they're Chuck Norris is beating on him and he knocks them into the well you know yeah they should have made a sequel yeah yeah Yeah. that guy's Mm -hmm. creepy too that guy and that guy from cobra they could give me nightmares those those are two really creepy people you know that i I don't know if i want to meet them in real life they give me the creeps you know they just look creepy and they seem creepy even though it's a movie you know what i mean it's like you know i wonder what happened to them
0: so, yeah. All right, look, I got a couple of honorable mentions, because I just said five, but I had a few more, so I'm going to call them okay. honor, honorable mentions, and I'm going to stick them okay. in here, okay? 1979, Mad Max, star Mel Gibson. That's I mean, this is, this is the you one cop? that started the whole Mad uh, road warrior. You know, I never saw it. And this is about, he, he's a cop, and he sets didn't out to that. stop a motorcycle game who killed his family. I never knew that. That's what Mad Max is all about. I never the, knew that the original from 1979. Then another one from 81 nighthawks with Stallone and Rutger Hauer.
1: Oh, I love that one. Yeah. yeah that was a good one. one.
0: And yeah. another one from 81 that we talked about just a few weeks back outland with Sean Connery who's a federal marshal yeah, on, a, yeah. on a, a mining colony on the moon of Jupiter. And then, Beverly Hills Cop from '84, of course. Yeah. Eddie Murphy and Judge Reinhold, and then one last one I want to mention, and this is kind of like Dirty Harry. This is a bunch of films that I'm just going to group into one, and that's the Pink Panther movies from the '70s and '80s, uh-huh. yeah. where Peter Sellers plays Inspector Clouseau, a British uh, police inspector. So anyway, yeah. Well, you know what? Then you
1: know, I like I didn't even. When I was not thinking about *Lethal Weapon*, what about like *Die Hard*? Because like he's a yep. cop, you know. Yep. Like I mean, I you know I didn't even think about putting *Die Hard* in there. And, that's true. Um, yeah. So yeah, I've got to mention that. I we, we couldn't, we shouldn't have even considered doing this without *Lethal Weapon*. I mean, that's like, you know. Um, but yeah, I'm like I'm I'm like trying. To, I was trying to think of other '70s ones because we there's a lot of '80s um, ones, but I am um, you know. Can you think of any other see I was thinking of Dog Day Afternoon, you know, like he's not it's not a cop if there's a bunch of cops in it, but Al Pacino is the bad guy in it. Yeah. Like Rob's bank in it. So I don't know. So that, I was trying that to wouldn't think fit what, in this what, list. like yeah, but there's a bunch of cops in it. So like what do you Yeah, but it's a not a cop movie? movie. Ah. We're talking about okay. the main
0: the main character is a cop. It
1: has to be police officers. Okay.
0: Yeah.
1: but what about police academy movies? Do those count There you go. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Um. Yeah. So yeah, and there was ton, tons of. Well, I guess we're gonna um talk about the TV shows then too, because there's so many like TV shows. Of, yeah, and
0: we have a surprise guest back with us that's been on here numerous times. You want to introduce her? Yeah. Like. Um. Yeah. That's cool. Like. Um. We're
1: we're gonna have Billy Ray Bates back. Um. Our buddy from usually she's doing like uh what Dallas and uh superhero stuff. And now she's going to talk about um, some cop cop stuff, which seems a little different, you know, like for. Yeah. yeah,
0: So, yeah. For our special retro TV segment, I want to welcome once again our friend Billy Ray Bates, who's joined us on the podcast many times before. Um, If you're not familiar with her, she's an author, a cosplayer, a vintage toy collector, a blogger and a huge fan of vintage television. Well, welcome back to the Pop Ninja podcast, Billy Ray. We're so glad to have you as a part of the show again. Uh, What's been going on in your world? Thank you
2: so much for having me back on the show. Yeah, it's been um, it's just been life, you know, getting along with life and trying to survive these crazy times we live in and everything's going fine, you know. Right. I figure, you know, I, I'm somebody who doesn't mind each passing year because it's about survival. You know, I don't yeah. worry about yeah. my age. It's like I'm proud of my age because I've survived. You, know? <laughs> you yeah. got to say that. that <laughs> <is>. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, when we asked Billy Ray what topics she wanted to talk about this time, uh, she said Adam 12 and Columbo.
1: I, I, I'll be honest. Like, I, I don't know that much about some of the shows that you would want to talk about. So I'm not going to have too much to say about
2: them. So I'm just going to kind of. Like be here in the background.
0: So Billy Ray, uh, what made you choose these two this time around?
2: These are two shows that I watched recently on Me TV. I recorded a run of Adam 12. I waited till it cycled through again on Me TV when it you know, started with the first episode and I started recording it and I watched the whole series. And then pretty much the same thing with Columbo, but Columbo at the time was airing on two or three of the channels I got. So I actually was recording it on a bunch of channels and it wasn't playing sequentially. So I was just grabbing it in every airing on every channel and then i was watching it until i felt like i had seen them all and i think i basically saw them all because i checked it against the imdb uh, so cool. <laughs> yeah but i loved them because they were both um well i wouldn't say both 1970s series colombo started a little earlier than that i think. or no maybe it was 1970s but anyways colombo ran for 20 some years you know, right, scattered right. here and there over the years um, but Adam 12 started in the late 60s and ran 1970s. But it was just two different vintage TV shows I wanted to explore. And um, I liked each one. It was sure.
0: Cool. Both of them were a lot of fun. Uh, well, well, let's jump in and talk about Adam 12 for a minute. What year? You said it came out in the late 60s?
2: Yeah, it debuted September 1968 and ran seven seasons into cool. the
0: 1970s. Pretty, pretty good run.
2: Yeah, pretty long run for a half-hour show like that. A half-hour show that was not a sitcom or anything right. like that, but a half-hour drama show. Um, Starring, of course, Martin Milner and Kent McCord. It even featured Bing Crosby's son, Gary, as one of the patrol officers, one of their uh, co-workers. Um, And so that was cool, too. But the thing that strikes me about Adam 12, having watched all of them and not really having watched it back in the day. I think I remember my mom and dad having it on the TV because I have like little glimpses from my childhood of seeing uh, Martin Milner. (laughs) Yeah. In some of the action on the TV, but I never actually watched an episode until I just watched these on V TV. But the thing that strikes me in watching it now in my adulthood is that I think it probably could be perceived of as kind of a, a plain show as far as storylines. It's about day to day life of these two patrol officers, these right. two cops And it's not like it's really scintillating or exciting stuff. It's kind of offbeat stuff at times. They kind of have these calls that they go to that are that are weird things that happen. You know, (laughs) I can't even give you an example, but you know what I mean, because you're familiar with the show. Just kind of oddball things. And I I believe from from what I gather that they took these incidents from real incidents that happened to police officers. You know, at the time, yeah. maybe over there on the West Coast. But to me, it's like, okay, it's just day-to-day life. So they're not like they're not um embellishing it a lot as far as the storylines. They're just showing these cops in doing their jobs. Right. Seven-day so, routine. And I think it had to have been really popular being on for seven seasons, yeah. even though it's it's not embellished, it's just day-to-day life.
0: So yeah, yeah that well, you really know- struck me. I never watched it first run either. Like, you know, I guess it was prime time. Uh, I watched it years later, like when I was a kid after school, it would come on every day after school. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there were certain shows I remember after school, I'd go to my grandma's until my parents could pick me up. And there were shows like they came on every day, like like Batman and Gilligan's Island and stuff like that. And Adam 12 was one of these uh, after school shows so you that's I when like watched it.
1: That. Yeah, yeah. I watched it
0: every day loved it I mean I loved it so much I would go sit in my dad's car at home on the on the weekends and pretend I was on the CB like I was you know in the cop car and uh I, I loved uh Kent, Kent McCord I liked him more than uh Pete Mallory um I just I don't know why I guess he was the younger more more action yeah you know
2: he was the, the rookie that yes. um, Pete Malloy was taking under his wing and showing the ropes to. And he was a little um, like Kent McCord. He was a little gung-ho at times, maybe a little higher strung. whereas Pete Malloy was just kind of like, you know, <laughs> laid back. But he was stern, too. Like, you know, when they when they would answer a call and they'd arrive on the scene it was like I was also struck by how stern, um how like tough cop Pete Malloy was. He would not crack a smile, you know. When he was talking to somebody, he was yeah. he was kind of had this tough demeanor. And even when he wasn't talking to somebody at the scene where they were just driving around in the car and talking to each other, he was kind of gruff. But yet there was something about him that he was the one that I was more interested in when I watched um Martin Milner rather than Kent McCord for my own personal interest just I found him more fascinating maybe it was because he seemed like a tough nut to crack, you know, <laughs> like he doesn't yeah. even smile. <laughs> it's like, what's going to make him happy? You know, is it his birthday next week <laughs> or what, you know, <laughs> what's going to finally make him smile. So
0: now yeah. I know that, uh, one of the creators of this series was, uh, Jack Webb, who he also yes. Dragnet, And he was, a uh, an actor in many movies and many TV series. And I believe he died in that like early eighties, but he was, uh, half of the creation team of this. I don't know the other guy, Mark, uh, I mean, Robert something. You all know if you know his name. I just know of Jack Webb because I used to watch him in movies and stuff.
2: Well, go on the IMDb. I think it was the IMDb. I was reading a little bit, or maybe it was Wikipedia, you know, preparing for this. I was reading a little bit more about the show and the making of the show, the production. Jack Webb knew Martin Milner because Martin Milner, I think, had been on Dragnet. And he like owed him money or something. And so instead of paying him, he gave him, he got him this role. He got him different roles, I think, is how the story went. But he also got him this role on Adam 12, which was, of course, a starring role that lasted several years. So that was pretty good for (laughs) for payment on the amount that he owed him. And then um, I was also interested that Pete Malloy, he well, the character appeared in four different series, including Dragnet. But then also emergency, like there was crossovers between Adam 12 and the emergency show where I didn't they realize
0: that to- that's cool.
2: Yeah. So he played he and I, I think Kent McCord, too. They played their characters over on emergency. But there was an episode or two of Adam 12 when the guys from emergency came over and they played their characters. You know, they showed like yeah. an ambulance coming into the hospital or whatever. And you saw these same characters. So,
0: yeah, I love played- it when shows do that.
2: Yeah.
0: And then there was a later Adam twelve, right? Wasn't there like a yeah? Like I think, a reboot was it series in the nineties or, or something. Yeah. yeah. It, it didn't last very long. I, I do remember it. It uh, John Wayne's son starred in one of the one of the stars. It was like uh three guys I remember being the heavies in that, but one of them was uh, John Wayne's uh youngest son, Ethan.
2: Okay, huh.
0: But it didn't, it only lasted like half a season, maybe 10, 11, 12 episodes at the most. Okay. Huh.
2: And then talking about Martin Melner, um, he also was a star of Route 66, which I've only right. seen like maybe one episode of.
0: Yeah, <laughs> this, me too.
2: It's been on my list of shows to watch someday. But yeah, I think yeah. I would like
0: it. I watched, again, in the 90s, they did a reboot of that series. And uh, I remember watching it, and it was pretty good. But like, like the Adam 12 reboot, it didn't last, but maybe half a season. Okay. Yeah,
2: and then another thing he was in notably that I just watched recently for the first time was the movie Valley of the Dolls, which was released in 1967 right before Adam 12 went on the air. So this was pre-Adam 12. Martin Milner was playing, um, I guess what I would describe as a very frustrated boyfriend of one of the, the dolls that we see focused on in the movie. You know, it's about these young females who are kind of making it in Hollywood, you know, as actress or model or whatever. And he was the boyfriend of one of them, and he got like increasingly cranky throughout the movie, <laughs> so that was interesting to see him in that
0: too. I just watched it like a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I was always, you know, a Kent McCord fan from back then on Adam 12, but uh, you know, I followed his career. He went on to play in uh, Galactica 1980, he was one of the main stars. Oh, and then mm-hmm. uh, he even went on further to play um, oh, what was that? it was a Jim Henson sci fi show, uh, Farscape. He was the dad of the hero on Farscape. So he showed up in a few episodes of that.
2: You know, he did strike me as familiar when I started watching Adam 12. I was thinking, gosh, this guy's familiar. What have I seen him in? And I didn't look at his credits to see if I had seen him in something, but he was very familiar to me.
0: Yeah. uh, Galactica 1980, uh, you know, that's another short-lived series. Uh, he, He was one of the, there was two stars in that, and he was one of them. And I believe he was supposed to be uh, from the original Galactica, the kid Boxy. They had the little robot dog. Okay. I think that's supposed to be him, all grown up now, yeah. in the sequel series. But uh, it, it was—I liked it. A lot of people didn't like the series, but I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. But uh, so, I, I'm sure you know what Adam Twelve stands for.
2: Well, it was their unit, like their basically right. their squad car, right?
0: Yeah, they were yep. number twelve. Yeah, well, well, or Adam they, twelve. Well, they they were the squad car is called an A unit, which is a two man team. Yeah, and for the phonetic alphabet of the police, they A is for Adam, so yeah, it, it was Adam. But twelve was the the district they patrolled.
2: Oh, okay. Okay, that makes sense. Because I think I I remember learning a little bit of that when I rewatched Ships (laughs) recently, because they use some of the same terminology, because, well, they're on bikes, but there were some patrol units that were in squad cars that were Adam something, you know, like, like they would radio out to Adam something that was like their buddy. Like Wharf, I think Wharf was a You know what I'm talking about? Michael <laughs> yeah, Doran, yeah. Wharf always yeah. be Wharf to me. He was in a squad car, I think, on chips.
0: <laughs> yeah. So so a few blocks over, you probably had an Adam 13 unit patrolling. So yeah. So this okay. this series just focused on these two cops and their their district. Now on yeah. the radio, they would say one Adam 12, and one meant they belonged to precinct one. Ah, okay. So
2: Wow. And, you know, the dispatcher, the female voice that was so familiar throughout the series um, was an actual dispatcher, evidently. I just learned that recently, Trivia, I think my friend Brian might have been the one (laughs) that brought that up to. We were talking about it, that um, that the lady who was doing the dispatching was actually, you know, doing that. And, And she did that for several other shows, too, in Hollywood. That's cool. Yeah. But there were such great guest stars on Adam 12. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Of course, I knew going into it, because I've been um, re-watching Land of the Lost from the 1970s also, I knew that Kathy Coleman, I had just read Kathy Coleman's book, you know, she played Holly in Land of the Lost. I knew that one of her other roles was on Adam 12, so I was anxiously watching through the whole series. Okay, when is Kathy Coleman going to come along as a <laughs> little girl? I mean, a really, like, even younger than Land of the Lost. And and then Willie Ames from Ada's Is Enough," right? Um,
0: I remember Butch, Jody Foster on there.
2: Yes, yes, and Butch Patrick of the Monsters, oh, yeah. um, Angela Cartwright, and just so right. many other people. Cloris Leachman. Oh my gosh! I totally. <laughs> you know, this is what is so annoying is that I think I, I did myself a disservice by going into each episode cold because I sat there thinking she's familiar, she's familiar, who is she, who is she, and then finally in the closing credits, I'm like, oh my gosh, just kicking myself that I did not know that was Chloris Leachman, but she was so young and so dishy, it was like, oh my gosh, this is like a whole new Chloris Leachman, she was so (laughs) fresh-faced, and so I really needed to check the IMDB for each episode before I watched it, I really wish I would have done that, because then I could have appreciated it more. I remember Scat
0: Scatman Crothers was on episode.
2: Okay. Yeah, I think I probably remember that. Barney Phillips is somebody who's always familiar to me. And he did like um, some noteworthy Twilight Zone, for instance, when they the bus has a crash and they go into that diner and there's an alien among them and they're trying to figure out who the alien <laughs> is. And Barney Phillips is the, the guy at the bar who's serving them, you know, the guy at the I, I wouldn't say bartender, but it's like a little diner that he's serving yeah. customers there. And he was in an episode, June Lockhart, um, Ellen Corby of the Waltons was in um, Adam 12 also, and Frank Sinatra Jr. So really great guest stars.
0: I remember David who was on there, uh, Robert Conrad, even Dick Clark was on there. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm forgetting some of those. Yeah. yeah, They they had a lot. You're right. A lot of great uh, guest stars. They they probably back then weren't super famous, you know? Right. Right. Exactly. Like like Jodie Foster or something, you know, just a child, child role. Yeah. And there were some episodes
2: that were a little edgy, you know, mostly it was kind of just lighthearted, um, Uh, You know, like I said, day to day life. So it wasn't too heavy. But there were some times when it got a little heavier. There was one episode where I think it was Pete, who was like kidnapped, abducted, knocked out, laying in a ditch somewhere. And Ken McCord just went everywhere, just just like really search for him through the whole episode dedicated would not give up until he found his partner. And it was such a wonderful illustration of the bond between them, like the, the links that he went to, to find his partner. And then I remember another noteworthy episode. um, And from a social perspective, it was so interesting And I even made a note of it here um, that it was called Militant. It was in season three, episode 20 called Militant. And it focused on this brotherhood group, this Black brotherhood group whose member gets shot. And it illustrates like a lot of rage at the injustice. And for a 1970s TV show, I mean, that to me, it struck me so much because you look at the world today at how crazy things are. And you figure, okay, a 1970s show, that's going to be like the dark ages. But you go back and watch a show like this, and it surprises you. It surprised me, the subject matter and how they dealt with it, in that they seemed far in advance. And that always makes you think, now we've gone backwards. It seriously yeah. did. Like, if you go watch that episode, you'll think, oh my gosh, we have devolved since then, because that episode, to me, was more forward-thinking and more socially um, important and socially uh, meaningful than a lot of the TV we see now. So it was like, wow, I'm astounded at where this um, this show has gone at times.
0: So yeah, I'll tell you one thing I love looking back on these episodes is the fashions, you know, or oh. the vehicles like like Kent McCord had that that sweet little convertible in one of the seasons that he drove around. And, and uh, you know they're always wearing these uh, plaid pants and the, you know, <laughs> yes. the, the sports coats. It's got the patches on the elbows and stuff. And the yeah, and this was so collars.
2: thoroughly entrenched in the late '60s first, and then the '70s. So, yeah, so you it was a change. Like, yeah, you do see a little bit of a, a evolution in fashion, but I remember that that was interesting to watch in Chips, too, speaking of Chips before, because Chips started in the 70s and wound up in the 80s, and you saw the progression in the fashion there, like you saw out-and-out out 70s, and then at the end, you saw out-and-out out 80s, and it was yep. distinct. <laughs>
0: from from distinct bell-bottoms <laughs> to parachute pants. <laughs>
2: yeah, so but yeah, I love, um, cause once in a while you would see, you know, they'd be double dating of course, um, uh you know they one one of them was married the rookie was married and then pete was just dating you know whatever girl he had met you know the week before yeah. he was always dating somebody different he never dated seemed like the same person but you would see them on dates sometimes and so you'd got you'd get to see some female fashions too when they when the significant others were with them there also was another i mean come to think of it to this just reminded me there was another episode that kind of stands out in my mind where they're on they each have their their date or their significant other with them and they go to like a ghost town and there there's like these guys that come through on motorcycles and they threaten them and they like like are holding them hostage or something. They have knives or something like that. I don't remember all the details of it, but that's one that's a little bit edgy too. Like these two guys are in danger because they're out of uniform. They're off duty. They don't, you know, and they've got their, their females with them that they want to protect. And so it was just a really um, edgy episode also.
0: You know, I read that, uh, to prepare for their roles that, uh, that, that Milner and McCord that they rode along with actual uh, cops separately. They rode along mm-hmm. with with a cop and uh, responded to all their calls and everything. They each spent hundred and thirty hours. Oh my word! With a police officer riding around with them. So they well, knew, by the time they filmed, they kind of knew what they were doing, you know.
2: <laughs> yes, I am not surprised because there's a disclaimer in the credits at the end pertaining to like, um, real life cop consulting or advising on the series. Right.
0: Yeah. I read they had so, a, a sergeant, uh, Los Angeles, uh, PD sergeant would read over the scripts. He would add Realism to him, you know, especially like on the radio calls, and and they they would always ask him on the set, like, "How would an actual cop respond to this situation?"
2: I love that, and see, I think that's the power of the series. It may be just like day to day life, but it was very real, And, and it was realistic, and like I said before, not embellished, not overblown, just just like you're sitting there in your living room watching
0: how it is to be a cop, you know, really.
2: So so that is interesting.
0: Uh, let's see. I have a little let me find this. Uh, people might find this interesting or maybe not. Maybe it's. Just- <laughs> <laughs> OK, uh, we're talking about all the, the, the calls that we come over the radio. Now, I remember mm-hmm. sitting in my dad's car pretending I was talking on the radio, you know, the CB. And I, I would say stuff like, uh, this is one out of 12. We've got a 211. It's 711. Please send back You know, I, I would say stuff like that. And then I would jump out of the car and pretend I was chasing a bad guy, you know. But uh, <laughs> I looked up some of these actual uh, calls, and these are real police calls that they would use on the show. And uh, here's a few of them a code one. If, if this ever came over the radio in their car, you, you would know what it meant. Uh, code one was uh, acknowledge your call. It's kind of like, hey, are you there? You know, uh, code two would mean proceed immediately without using your lights or your siren. Kind of like Ooh. sneaking up on the bad guy. Okay. Now, if they, they told you to go somewhere and it was a code three, that means it's an emergency and proceed with lights and siren. Mm-hmm. Now, code four was kind of calling off a situation that meant they didn't need you anymore. So they would say, you know, one out of 12, code four, code four, you know. So that meant just turn around and go back about your business. So uh, uh, Code 6, like if they were calling Adam 12, they they were already on an assignment, they would say Code 6, meaning they're already out doing an investigation that they weren't available. So and
2: the next one is the most common one they use through the series, I will argue. Are you going to say Code 7 too? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they use that like every episode and sometimes they often they wouldn't say code they'll be like okay do you want to do seven let's do seven <laughs> <laughs> so tell what seven means
0: it means fire verified
2: no way seven means fire okay i thought seven was their dinner break which one is oh, really? they're going really? on break isn't it well, seven like well you this is what seven? i looked
0: up on the the police band uh Maybe back then. maybe back then different it could have been. for yeah. Adam
2: Twelve because I think I swear it was seven. They only said when they wanted to take their break and go grab something at the uh, diner. <laughs>
0: oh, maybe so. <laughs> uh, but some of these yeah. were like, like if it was raining and, and the police uh, motorcycle guy needed a car, they would say he he's a code B today. That means a motorcycle cop's now riding around in a uh, Adam unit. Oh ah, um, okay. They'd even tell him how to. To dress like <laughs> Code Twenty meant uh notify the press. There's a press event. Oh boy! Yeah, but uh, or if you heard stuff like a two eleven, that meant a robbery. uh Three eleven meant indecent exposure. Uh oh! Yeah, now a three ninety meant a drunken male, and a three ninety W meant a drunken female. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, if they told to proceed somewhere for a four fifteen, that meant someone was disturbing the peace. 459 was a burglary, 484 was a theft. Anyway, they they had stuff for purse snatching, drunk driving, uh, nudity, all all kind of stuff. Uh, Oh my gosh,
2: you know, mentioning 459, I think there was an episode of the Green Hornet, the 1966 Green Hornet show that was like 459 Silent. It had on the title of the episode, and it was about like a um, what'd you say 459 stood for? Burglary. Yeah, it was like a silent alarm trip because of a burglary. Uh, I think that's what the gist of the episode was, if I remember correctly. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's interesting because I never knew any of that stuff. You know, we didn't have like a CB radio or anything when I was a kid. So I never would have heard any of that
0: stuff other than watching cop shows. <laughs> yeah, well, My parents, they were, they were a CB family they each had a CB in their vehicle. And then my, both sets of my grandparents had CB. So yeah, we, we used them often.
2: It was especially, a big especially thing on vacations,
0: idea. like driving long distances on the interstate. My dad would always call ahead looking, you know, checking on cop reports and stuff, you know?
2: Wow. Yeah, really? So, Your dad would just to see if there was anything going on where you all were headed.
0: <laughs> yeah. Also oh, he would monitor goodness. it for like, you know, truckers would call in if there was like a, a a speed trap somewhere or something or you know he, uh, so he always left it on okay. or if he wanted some directions to you know some place he couldn't find instead of looking at a map or whatever he would get on there and talk to the truckers and they'd tell him where to go and stuff but anyway mm-hmm. yeah so we, we all use cbs and my okay. handle back then was ghost rider <laughs> had nothing Hello. to do that this is way before top gun so and this was way before the uh i, I read the comic books with you know the motorcycle guy that was a skull in flames and stuff, but it wasn't to do with that. There was an earlier comic I read there was a western called ghost Rider okay, and that's where my hmm. my handle came from that is fun, yeah. Wow. You got anything else to say about Adam 12? Are you ready to move on to Columbo?
2: Let's move on with a segue to Columbo. Okay. Martin Milner did a Columbo episode. And he starred with Jack Cassidy and they were writing partners. And it was a 1971 episode of Columbo. Martin Milner was like his writing partner. I think he was the one who gets killed. And then Jack Cassidy is You know, Columbo, they always would tell you who did it. You know, you always were in on that. And so uh, Jack Cassidy was the one that Columbo pursued through the whole episode. But yeah, let's talk about Columbo. Sure. Columbo let me see 68 episodes from March 1971 to 2003 oh my word and Peter Falk I want to say was at least in his 30s if not 40 something when it debuted in 71 and I think I had read on Wikipedia that he basically did the show until he felt like he couldn't do it anymore because he was having trouble remembering his lines. But it was a long run. Yeah. <laughs> it did skip some years. It skipped from May 1978 to February 1989. Um, but yeah, 68 episodes. And then in the last few years, from 1995 to 2003, it skipped around a little bit in those last few years. But yeah, wow, what a wonderful show. I loved it.
0: Yeah, Peter so, Falk was great.
2: Yeah, and you know, I think when you, I want to say when you and Lisa had Joanna Cameron on and she was talking about her other acting roles, she she has mentioned Peter Falk before. And I think it might've been on the Pop Ninja podcast that she mentioned that he was just a wonderful actor, really a brilliant mm-hmm. actor. She got to to appear in, in something with him. And, and it was while I was watching Columbo and boy, I have to agree that he really, He really was a good actor. And you saw differences from the very first episode and then the rest of the run in where he was developing his character and he was making it truly Columbo because it was a distinctive character. You know, he had the frumpy raincoat, kind of the disheveled Mm -hmm. appearance. That was his trademark. And he keeps talking about this wife that you never see, except that there was a series later called Mrs. Colombo. But for the Colombo series, you never saw the wife. It was almost like she was mythical, but he brought her up like every episode. It seemed like she he was talking about Mrs. Colombo. And then um, he had trademark sayings like, just one more thing. You know, right. he'd be. He'd be interviewing a suspect and he'd already have the person pegged. He always had the person pegged like right away. And then he'd kind of play cat and mouse with them and he'd be interviewing them. And then he would seem to walk away and then he'd be just one more thing. He'd turn around and then he'd really throw something out there that that put that person off their game. You You always knew that
0: was coming. You were waiting for it.
2: (laughs) Trip them up (laughs) and always um, would set a trap for the killer. I love the traps that he said, because you After a while watching the episodes, you it's like you looked forward to that aspect of the last 15 minutes. Okay, this has got to be the trap. This has got to be the trap that he set because this isn't real. (laughs) You know, he didn't do this or he didn't do that or whatever because then you you start to recognize the trap, you know, once you see the trap um, going. But yeah, and wow, what great guest stars. I mean, besides Jack Cassidy, who did three episodes, also played a magician in one episode. There was Patrick McGowan, did four oh. episodes and he the thing about Patrick Colin, I think he did, did some behind the scenes work too I want to say he was like directing or helping produce or something in the Columbo show too but every episode he looked totally distinctly different to where you could sit there and not recognize him until like 10 minutes in he mm-hmm. it was like he was a master of disguise on Columbo <laughs> he was always looking different but yeah, George Hamilton played a psychiatrist and the host of a crime show. William Shatner was a TV detective and a radio host. Mariette Hartley was in a couple episodes. Um, Tim O'Connor was in a couple episodes. Sorrel Book from the Duke's oh, Duke answer boss. boss Hog. Hog. Yeah, yeah, he was in a couple episodes, but not as the lead. He was kind of a supporting character. In huh. fact, one of the episodes he was in also starred Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash playing a villain. Oh, my word. He was a gospel singer who <laughs> I think like killed his wife or something. But Sora Book was kind of a, a supporting character in that to the Johnny Cash episode. But um, and then Leonard Naboy was a surgeon cool. who was murdering people through these um, these these interesting like form of stitches that he was a surgeon who was using these special stitches that basically would cause the person to die later. <laughs> it was just so some of the ideas for plot lines they came up with were just amazing. Um, Leslie Nielsen, Janet Lee playing a favorite oh. dance star Ed Begley Jr., Tyne Daly, Deidre, Deidre Hall did a couple of things. Deidre Hall, really, too. from Let's Rollin' yeah.
0: Down a Girl. Yeah. yeah,
2: very young. And then Roddy McDowell was in an episode. Oh, Robert Conrad. Oh, my gosh. Robert yeah. Conrad. I always loved Wild, Wild West, but Robert yeah. Conrad was a red hot fitness guru who murders his partner. Oh my gosh. That was a fun one to watch. And that was like him. He was playing like a fitness guy who was successful at promoting um, health products that were not like geared toward 20 somethings. Like he was known in the show to be like in his forties and looking like he was 30, I guess was part of the storyline and so that was part of his popularity as, as this fitness guru. But, oh, wow, that was that was good stuff. <laughs> but, yeah, just I really enjoyed this show all the way through. And the fact that, you know, this was a TV series. It was considered a TV series that ran for many years, but it was more like movies because right. they were longer. Exactly. Were like, yeah. Yeah. Like it was almost like episodes. a special
0: movie night event or something. Yeah.
2: Yes. Very and, you cool. know, they, they did that a lot back then. They had other series that were, like, basically once in a while movies that you would see, like, I don't know, a Sunday night or something. But they were, like, longer movie length. But they were so regular that they were considered a TV series, I guess. So, yeah. It was just yeah. too clever. Just so clever. And so disarming in that, you know, people expected... People would um, and they I think they talk about this a little bit on the Wikipedia page for Colombo, too. He was disarming because he like purposely like tried to appear as somebody that you would completely underestimate.
0: Right. Exactly. And, he,
2: and so that was how he defeated like the person that he was pursuing as the suspect would dismiss him or they would. um treat that, treat him in a demeaning way. Like they would talk down to him or, you know, like, like be really rude to him. And he would always get him in the end.
0: <laughs> yeah, And he was always so polite to everybody.
2: Yes. He was so gentlemanly. Oh my gosh. Totally gentlemanly and polite. Even when he was being treated badly, <laughs> you know, I was felt sorry for Columbo. It's like, why are they being so rude to him? But he was super intelligent, super.
1: Thank you, Billy Ray, for coming and talking to us today. And it was really cool. And um, it was nice to hear your voice again and hope you'll come back. And thanks.
2: You are welcome, Lisa. It was great to be on again.
0: Yeah, Billy Ray, thanks so much. And we hope to have you again on here soon. So take care. And it was a pleasure.
1: For this episode, um, we're going to do a giveaway, but I had an idea um, since we did like a mix of like so many different things and so many different like uh, movies that I couldn't pick just one movie that, um, you know, to give away as a prize. So I thought that I'd let like whoever, you know, whoever um, is listening. okay, our our um, our code word will be cop shows. Code words will be cop shows for this episode. And you can pick your favorite cop movie like if you like serpico or if you like one of the dirty Harry movies um you pick which movie you want and as long as it's on a dvd um that's what you'll get so what do you think of that
0: that's pretty awesome yeah that's a lot of good good cop movies out there
1: yeah yeah so they pick their own they pick their own prize yeah okay yeah
0: well i want to thank everybody for listening Um uh, enjoyed it uh there's a lot of a lot more cop movies maybe we could do a part two of this someday uh we can have more time to think but uh i want to thank everybody for listening why don't you drop us a line on facebook and tell us what your favorite cop movie or cop tv show is from the 70s and 80s but uh but thanks again and as we sign off as always i want to leave you with a final thought
1: you got to ask yourself one question do i feel lucky well do you punk Oh, Mr. Harry, you're really not going to like what I have to say.